Good morning, everybody. It's lovely to see you all. Um, after a most amazing few weeks. And, uh, I hope that you've been able to, to really feast off not only what God has said to us. Okay. But I hope that by fellowshipping with the many people who came from overseas, you were able to see that you are part of something that's a worldwide family. Um, just having all our friends from overseas was a, a great experience. And bringing them here to Dekhlebeng. One could uh, feel both just the, the, the place that we play, the role we play as a church. But also just to say how enormously proud Heather and I are of the church. And what we represent in God. If you just think back just over a year, when we came out of COVID and we started afresh, you might remember on the board behind me, we put some things that we would love to see happen. And I think it was just fantastic to, to get to where we've been and say, wow, Lord, look what you've done. <laughs> Um, this past week as I was just giving thanks and reflecting on all that God has been doing I was reminded of visiting my dear friend Pete Bonnie and sometimes we would drink tea we haven't done it for a long time but I'd watch him do his paintings and I don't know if you've ever seen anything like that but he starts with his big blank board and it's like a board any of us can go and buy. But then up steps the master painter. And it's incredible to watch how he works. First, a, a wonderful uh, base coat. And then with a pencil starting to mark out what the painting will look like. It, it felt a bit like that when we started last year. With just this big blank board in front of us. And then through God's promises, you start to see a little bit of a picture of what God's going to do. And then the master painter steps up, God himself. 
And uh, I'm sure Pete's going to have many knocks on his door after this. People saying, can I watch you paint? <laughs> that is wonderful to watch and you start to see the picture coming out. Until eventually, like he does, you step back and you look at the painting and you think, wow. What what and that's what God's like with his church. It's like we're all different colors, all different paintbrushes. And he takes you and I and he maps out what he wants it to be. And I'm just so grateful for what we saw over the last weeks. The nations gathered here. I've been listening to Abdullah Jamal last week. And thinking what God's done. How he reaches out to people all over the world. Different people groups. And he calls them to himself. And you just stand back and think, Lord, you're just so great. Also so grateful for the, the offering that was given at our time at Legacy. But most important was the number of next generation leaders we saw released into the nations. So from me, a, a very big thank you to everybody who played a part. But to also all of you in Little Bank Church. Nations here with confidence because of who we are. We continue today um, with our series called Light of the World, a City on a Hill. And if you know your Bible, you'll know that these words come from one of Jesus' most magnificent sermons. Where he was out in the countryside and many, many people gathered to him. And he starts to, to paint a picture of what the kingdom of God looks like. And then he comes to this point where he looks at all the people, those who are putting their faith in him and who he is. And he says to you, to them, but he also says to you and I, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? 
He says to everybody, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill. And then he goes on to explain what that means. And the expectation is laid down that you and I will be the light of the world. And it's about who we are. What he's called us to be. And even as you heard Abdullah last week, he as a, a, a practicing Muslim. He arrives at a meeting to show who he is and what he believes. But because of the light of God in all our lives, it actually showed up the darkness that was in his heart. Where he was thought he was on the offensive. But because of the light of God in our lives, he finally finds himself on the defensive. So he wants us to be the light of the world. And so today we're going to look at our value, our understanding, the truth that we are the family of God. We treasure that. The church was never meant to be an organization. It was never meant to be a club. It was meant to be a family. And I want to very quickly this morning show you how that works. And I want us to, to read just one very unusual verse from the book of Romans. Paul's letter to the Romans. And if you know Paul's letter to the Romans, you will know that it's a letter that he wrote to the, the believers in the great city of Rome. Many of whom he knew. Because most had returned to Rome after the ruler had allowed the Jews and the Christians to return to the city. But I don't know about you, but the book of Romans is not an easy read. It is such deep truth that you have to stop and you have to think, Paul, what do you mean by that? It talks about God's righteous judgment. It talks about our state of our heart and the unrighteousness of our lives. And it's truth after truth after truth. But right at the end of the letter, Paul finishes by writing some personal 
Greetings. And if you didn't know Paul, you might think this doesn't seem to fit together. But he starts in what we know as chapter 16. Commending people. Greeting people. Introducing people. And then we see this beautiful family language in verse 13. Where he says, Greet Rufus. Chosen in the Lord. Also his mother. Who has been a mother to me as well. Any of you know who Rufus was? Rufus was most likely the son of the man who carried Jesus' cross. Remember the Roman soldiers when Jesus collapsed, he's carrying his cross through Jerusalem to Golgotha. And under the pain and exhaustion, Jesus falls. They go and they, they grab a man out of the crowd. Obviously, he was quite a big guy. They pull him out and say, You carry the cross for him. This man known as Simon of Cyrene carries Jesus. This is part of his family. But the thing we see in Paul's writing is the intimacy of the relationships that he has with those that he works with. And you say, but all this understanding and truth and now suddenly this lovely gushy warmth of his heart. Why did you do that? Brothers and sisters, right at the heart of the gospel is this beautiful family atmosphere. The gospel is built around family. It's so wonderful to celebrate the, those young ladies who came to Christ last week. As we celebrate all of those who have since we really got going. But when you hear the word gospel, you might think, oh, it means that we were separated from God because of our sin. Yes, that's correct. But the gospel means that 
That's quite right. And then we know that the gospel means that he gave his son Jesus as a ransom to pay your debt. So the sin that separated you from God, Jesus takes as we put our faith in him. We know that his son dies on a cross, correct? In other words, he's punished. But we know also that he rose from the dead Death defeated. I forget one of the, the speakers of the last few weeks was referring to that. And um, I've had the, the wonderful joy of going into the tomb where they say Jesus was buried. Just like a big stone that they've carved out and made a little room. room where they would prepare the body. Once the body is prepared, they would take it and lay it in this little area that's been cut out of the stone where the body will lie. But Jesus didn't stay there. And we know that the gospel speaks about anyone who puts their faith in Jesus will be joined to him and saved. It's a wonderful message. It's such a message of hope and truth. But there's more to the gospel than just that. When somebody puts their faith in Jesus, so those two gentlemen, the Bumdati from this week, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are received and adopted into the family of God. It's amazing. You were far off the Bible. Now you've been brought near into the family. And you become a child in the household. With all the benefits. All the privileges. And you become a brother and sister with the rest of the people in God's family. The family belonging to God. And because of that, Paul's able to write all this truth and then right through he's able to use language that speaks about who you are and about who God is. 
And if we as believers can understand who we are in Jesus, it changes everything. Even for the most hard-hearted believer. Let me take you through some scriptures that speak And then I'm going to end off just by saying, so what should the outcome be of this great truth in your life and mine? Paul went to the city of Corinth. A Greek city. They worshipped all sorts of gods. And God spoke to him there and said, I am many in this city for you. And he writes to them later, My beloved children. Isn't that wonderful? Not my members of this church. But he writes to the church, my beloved children. 1 Corinthians 4.14, he says, God, he says, to you I became a father. Just think how powerful that is in our day and age. How many of you like me, you don't have a father? How many? Many, many. We live in a world where many people are fatherless. But as we brought into this family of God, we find God gives us fathers. But not only does he give us fathers, he gives us sons and daughters. Well. Of his young man Timothy, he says to him, My true son in the Lord. I'm going to be 64 years this year. Le mo sena ke tloba le mo tsa 64. Nobody knows whether to laugh or cheer or cry. But wa ba tsebe ha ntle gona ba o pema tlo ba thape ba lle atleta bena ha itse bya le ha ntle gona ke. Did you know um Dave Devonish was with us for what three or four weeks. It was wonderful. And that Dave Devonish ane ngana le gona mo dibekeng ane ntse fitile. He's a father to me. He watches over me like a son. Ray Lowe. He's a father. I didn't expect that when I surrendered my life to Jesus. I thought all that was happening is that I was being made new and right with God. But it was so much more. He gives us sons and daughters. Furthermore, 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1 or 2, he talks about the younger women as sisters. 
Older women as mothers. Young men as brothers. And we older men as fathers. That is the atmosphere of the gospel. Just bump to, I don't know who you're sitting next to. I'm uh, next to a younger woman. She is my sister. Amen. Amen. Who are you sitting next to? Sister and wife. <laughs> mother, you've got to be careful. Don't say, you my mother, because she might just be a little bit older. You young ladies who got saved this week, you've come into brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. When Paul writes to the church in Philippi, he writes to them, My beloved. My brothers, my longed-for ones, and all of this expresses what God's heart is like for you. And that's what God's like. It's what He wants. And we need to understand it. So when you come to a meeting like this, it's, it's not just another church meeting. You're coming to a family meeting. I love the way that Pietrus honored me, Gracie. It's so wonderful. Every week she gives me the most wonderful big smile and laugh and welcome. And that's what we're coming to in the church. We're not just standing next to us. There's a deep relationship. Because what Jesus achieved. The last three weeks have been very, very special. They've been incredibly tiring. We've had 130 people from all over. But at the same time, there were so many rewards. When we started this work, one of the promises God gave us was many sons and daughters. And to be this the last few weeks and watch all these younger people that are sons and daughters in this household. It's the most wonderful. We know across the nations there are people with our heart carrying the gospel further. A young man by the name of Stefan Pereira, I met him when he was a 
a young boy in Mumbai. Hey, Mushmana Munyane Abitoka with Stephen Pereira, and I can go and lay down in Mumbai. Heather and I stayed with her family on a few occasions. Relaga dula lela bala hele me hageneri le Mohammed Akhedramanga Tanya. And he was always inquisitive, asking questions. Oh, nasile atleti kari puto abata hutsiwa hu. And then he came with us to London when we moved there. Yaba utla lukuna London hagetamo. And then he arrives here in Clarence. Ebe okiano afisha panu Clarence. No longer a young man. But he's got the most beautiful wife at his side. And after legacy saying, now we call to go plant a church. These are the rewards, brothers and sisters, of being in a family. 27 years ago, Daddy Justice, Daddy Pete, Daddy Pete, and then Daddy Gavin, then Daddy Gavin, and I were together. I can't remember where. But I can remember the conversation. We had quite a lot more hair. Some of us mocheti were quite a lot slimmer. <laughs> Daddy Pete, we weren't white at all. <laughs> But in that conversation, <laughs> we we asked God for three things. <laughs> we said, wouldn't it be wonderful in many years if we are still all together? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be together? Sadly, Gavin's not here today. He's not well, I'm afraid. Secondly, we said, wouldn't it be wonderful if we have got to that point and run the race well? In other words, that we're still believing in God. And then thirdly, we said, wouldn't it be wonderful if we've produced a whole host, a whole number of sons and daughters? Who would continue with this wonderful race? The wonderful thing is to dream in God. But last week and the week before, oh sorry, the, the time we had all these people here, I sat back and I, I watched the likes of Petrus bringing a devotion to all the young leaders from around the world. And he looked them in the eye. And he said, watch your life. Was it watch your life or guard your life? I can't remember. Watch your life. Mm. Watch your life. Sitting there like a grandpa. <laughs> This is magnificent. I watch Jordan and Rebecca carrying so much of the conference. I 
Secondly, When you have a family, we have responsibility for developing one another's lives. Amen. Amen. That's called discipleship. And every should be caring for some others. Amen. Amen. Mothers care for daughters. Fathers for sons. Sons for brothers. Daughters for sisters. So let me ask you the question. Who are you caring for? Because you should be. Amen. Amen. It's the way the body works. I owe so much to those who provided that brotherly counsel or that fatherly oversight. I can't remember if it's in this Bible or in another one. I made a list of all the men, the fathers who helped me. When you, you sit back and you think, God, I am 
In a few weeks time we we go across to America and we'll see our eldest son Cameron and Lorene who used to be in this church. And the three children and while we there another little one will be born. Lorene is hoping it's going to be as easy as that. <laughs> not poop. <laughs> you should know. It's easy being a mother, hey. <laughs> But the wonderful thing is you see the children and you know they've got this little one um Rosalind. Eh ho me ntwentle ha o sha ba bana una le go zilini mo ba neng ba ditlolontsaka. And it's wonderful seeing how Leah mothers her. So sweet. I mean, you And her brother, older brother Christopher also looks after her but in a different way. You know, if she falls, Leah will go and comfort her and hold her and kiss her and Christopher just walk over and go and grab it and lift it up. Amen. If you're a mother or father here can you just lift your Okay. Oh, it's isn't that Wow. That's about 32 people. Let me say this to you. Don't be an absent father or mother. That's what the world knows. It's what some of you have known. Where's my father? We've got to be on the front foot. We've got experiences. You, you might not know the whole Bible. But the little you know. You help others. It's alongside someone. Be a mom or a dad. Number three. So the first one is we have a deep care. Secondly, we develop or disciple one another. The third thing that this should um, help us with is to provide a secure family. Secure family. 
Because if we know who we are in Christ, if we know we have sisters and brothers, if we know we've got fathers and mothers, then we know we can go for help and not make stupid mistakes in our lives. Amen. Amen. It brings a, a security to us. We live in times where the enemy is destroying family. We need to be family to the world. And very lastly, when we have this atmosphere of family, it put God's glory on display. When Heather and I left Cape Town, my father was, he grew up in the old South Africa. When we were all separated by laws, by the state of our heart, by selfishness. And it wasn't easy when he heard we were coming here to start a church. And he couldn't quite work it out. But in 2006, we had this wonderful celebration in here. It was and sitting just over here were my two brothers and my father. I asked them to come. That day changed my father's life. Why? Why? I tell you what I think. When we all stood up there, the leaders of this and we celebrated the ten years, he saw family. He saw family. He saw the power of the gospel. He saw brothers and sisters who respected one another. And when we live this truth out, we will bring glory to God. And very lastly, let me just say that if you understand this, it changes how you worship it changes how you pray it changes how you um, fellowship and it changes how you enjoy the breaking of bread where you suddenly realize I'm remembering now what Jesus has done and who he's joined me to we are family. And one day, when Father God says it is time, the Bible calls that 
the day. And the Bible speaks about all those who are living being caught up in Christ. Being joined with those who have gone before us like my father. And you know what will be? We'll be a big family in heaven. Not one long church service. We will enjoy so much of what God intended. Right in the beginning. Amen. Amen. Won't you stand? <clears throat> Thank you, Matimelo. All right. What I'd love you to do. If you're a a father or a mother, how will me? Can I need your help? Come out quickly. Come out and stand right the way around here. Come quickly, all the fathers and mothers. Spread out a little bit. What I would like now is every group to have a father, a mother. Come, Yolanda, you're a mother. Okay, we can birth spiritual children, and my goodness, you birth many. Could some of you just come forward and stand in the circle? Now what I'd like you to do is everybody find a father and mother and you join together. So we want father, mother, a son and a daughter. That's cheating. No, 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 no. no that's cheating. Yeah, we're not all so perfect. <laughs> okay, so come on, find someone you stand with them. We want a daughter, we want a son. We want a Everybody. Okay, we want, looks like groups of four. Okay, come on, spread out quickly. Quickly, 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 everybody. You're gonna We've got a daughter, we need a son. Has everybody got a mom, dad, brother, sister? You've got everyone. You missing who you were? You haven't got a mom. Oh yeah. <laughs> now you can't say Lawrence is your mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Ajapelu, you better go help your husband here. <laughs> okay. Just look at this though. Look, look how the church works. You might not even know all the names. Okay, and that's where you start. But if we can build a church where we care about those that God gives us, then we will change the world. Amen. Find a little space for your family, your little unit, and pray for one another before we close.